Here's what I don't understand, and maybe you guys can explain it to me. I listen to CNN quite a bit, actually. And the narrative that I always pick up on when it comes to these people who are illegally crossing the U.S.-Mexico border is that they're running for their lives. Like they've got, it's like a picture that CNN gives us that they've got this kid tucked under their arm and they're running for their lives with like Cerberus hunting them down, which is the three-headed dog that guards the gates to Hades. And they get to the border and they're just barely crossing that border and then out of nowhere comes Trump's SS stormtroopers and they just basically rip that kid away, smack the woman into the ground, step on her neck and take that kid and brand it and then throw it into the back of the truck. At least that's a hyperbolic version of what I get when I listen to CNN. But here's what I don't understand. I'm looking at a map right now. There's Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, right? And after doing a little bit of research, I found that, yeah, there's quite a bit of gangs and the police are corrupt and, yeah, just, you know, awful, awful things. But then I look at Belize and it's right there. And I did a calculation on um, distance calculator something or whether I'm online. And from the middle of Honduras to the middle of Belize, is something like 200 and I want to say 50 miles, like the city of Belize to somewhere in the middle of Honduras. So when I'm looking at that, I go, okay, Belize is a safe haven because they've actually been done, been able to do quite a bit to keep the gangs out. And then even if Belize wasn't safe, it's there's Mexico right there. So I'm wondering why don't these people who are running for their lives with their kid on their back and they're desperate like you can just picture this person just crawling through the the i don't know crawling through desperation weeds crap bullets flying around them men trying to rape these women i don't know you know it's supposed to be like this big thing but here's the thing it's a thousand miles from honduras to the U.S.-Mexico border. A thousand miles. And you've got a kid with you. Seriously. Why wouldn't you go to Belize if, you're, if the only reason that you are going there is because you're running for your life? Now, in my mind, I go, well, maybe there's a different reason. But we're not even allowed to entertain that reason, that way of thinking. It's either they're running for their life and then on the other side, you get these people who just sound like broken records saying, it's illegal. They're crossing the border illegally. Uh, I can't think ahead. Uh. But if it was me, I'd be asking CNN, if they're running for their lives, why are they not stopping in Belize or Mexico? And here's the other thing I would ask CNN, is that you can't have it both ways. If CNN replies and says, well, Mexico's got these marauders and gangs and evil individuals doing nefarious things to women and children. Then my question would be, does CNN owe President Trump an apology? Do you remember months back? Man, it seems like a lot longer. But do you remember months back when um, the whole asshole or the longer version something whole was out there and everybody's like, oh, these are good people. This is a good place. These countries are awesome. They're amazing. Oh, no. Oh, we can't say these things. 
Well, if there is, if CNN's about to tell me that Mexico has all these evil peer, people in it, isn't that the definition of an asshole? If you have people who are hunting other people, other weaker people, and then you have to run to the U.S.-Mexico border. I mean, you can't have it both ways. I realize cognitive dissonance is a huge thing, but, you know, I can't keep up with the narrative, what they're putting out. Either, either Belize is safe, which means it's 200 and some miles. That's in the center of Belize. It's, it's, way, it's way shorter. Like, the, you look at a map, and it's basically bordering these countries. Guatemala, Honduras. Um, the only one that isn't is El Salvador. And then Mexico is right there. So either they owe President Trump, they being CNN and the other news agencies, an apology, or, or they're safe. These countries are safe, which means that the people who are running, quote-unquote, for their lives, <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't add up then. It's, it's literally they're running to a better future, maybe, a financial future. But then that's classified as an economic immigrant. I mean, what, what? I just don't have words for that. I mean, how can you paint certain people with a light, a certain way of thinking about them, when it doesn't even make any sense? Because if they're refugees and you're running for your life, I, I got to tell you, if I had a kid and someone's going to shoot me in the back of the head or castrate me or drive over my legs or whatever, and I can't take that person, I can't win against a mass mob, then I'm picking up my kid, my child, the one that I love with everything that I am, and I'm crossing into the nearest, safest place. That's what I'm doing. I mean, why, why would you not do that instead of traveling 1,000 miles to get someplace else? You can go to Belize or you can go to Mexico. But if you're telling me that Mexico isn't safe, then how does that work as far as the narrative that was put out before? I was, and then I'm watching CNN, and I'm listening to that guy. What's that guy's name? The one that goes womp womp. Talk about flushing your career down the toilet. Womp womp. Anyways, so he's talking to Como. I believe it was Como. Anyways, and the guy who goes womp womp, he goes, well, I just put up a border wall and it solved 90% of the problems. And Como just dismisses it. Like, it. like it doesn't even have validity. But think about it for a second. Here you are, like the narrative, remember the narrative of CNN, so you're carrying your kid, you walked a thousand miles, <laughs> and you walk up and you come, like the ridiculousness of saying it wouldn't do anything. You walk up to the border and you look up, and there's this freaking 30-foot wall standing there. What? What, you just invent spider powers that you're going to crawl over top of it? You, a mother who's got this kid, and remember the narrative isn't that you're super strong or you're like an Olympic rock climber. You're just running for your life. You're, you're tired, you're exhausted. It's the middle of the night and you look up and there is this monstrosity right in front of you. It's like, what? So as, what are you gonna do? You can't breach it. That's already been tried by tactical people. 
I mean people who have equipment. You can't go over it because that's already been tried. I think maybe you could do it if you had simultaneous teams working from either side. So yeah, you, can, you might be able to do that. You use a compound bow or something to get a little string and then pull the rope over the top. That's assuming that there isn't like um, something sharp at the top. I saw some of them, they were rounded, but they were saying some of those wouldn't work for certain climate, um, terrain, sorry, terrain. But here's the thing, the women and the children don't have any of that gear, none. So you've got a couple options if you run into that wall with absolutely no gear. One, you turn around and you go home. That's an option. Two, you go to Mexico and you say, I would like to request asylum. Remember, according to CNN and the SL comments, that it's a perfectly safe place to live. Yep. Anyways, or the three, and this is probably more likely what would happen, is they would follow the wall all the way down until they reached a legal port of entry. I don't know. I Doesn't that sound reasonable? I'm trying to find the hole in my logic. You got a 30-foot monstrosity in front of you blocking your path. You got no gear, nothing to breach it. It's not like you're packing C4 with you. And, and you got no way to go over top. So you only have certain options. You're, and you're not going to get arrested because, well, you're still on the, you're not going to get arrested because you're there on the other side of the wall. So you can walk down to the port of entry and be processed. I don't know. Well, actually, I do know. I'm just saying I don't know because it sounds nicer than rubbing, in, rubbing the logic in someone's face. But here's the thing. I think that both sides need to wake up a little bit. The United States it needs to put up that wall. It just needs to. I mean, you have, you have 11 million people giving your sovereignty, giving the United States the middle finger to their sovereignty. And then on top of that, You've got 8 million people, according to Pew Research, who are working American jobs. Now, yeah, you'll get the imbecile, yes, I said imbecile, who will tell you that, oh no, they're working jobs that no Americans want. That's right. That's exactly what the Pew Research said. But here's the thing. Even if they were, their very existence is a detriment to the United States. What is happening is that the dynamic between employer and employee relationship within the nation is being skewed. What's happening is they're injecting an artificial level of competition within the marketplace. Let me give you an example. Let's say that America finally stood up and said, you know what, no more illegals, and they hunted every one of them down. And yes, I use the word hunted. They went after them. They fought, they found, and they removed. Now let's say they did that. Now we're missing 8 million jobs that, or 8 million employees that held jobs that Americans could have. So what, what happens? Let's take farmers. Now here's the thing. I can't say for sure that the migrant workers are illegal. I think there's actually a system where they can cross, do work, and then go back. But let's pretend they're even included in the 8 million. So what happens? We take, we take the farmer. 
right? And say he's producing, he and or she is producing a squash. And so now because there's the 8 million uh, illegals have been removed, 11 million in total, but 8 million workers, now the farmer has to pay a wage that Americans will work. American workers will work. So he ups the price. Now, they come and they work, and then he, he being the farmer, or she being the farmer, sells the squash in market. And then the consumer goes, hell no, I ain't paying that much for that squash. And they go out and buy a squash that was grown in another place. Yay, globalization. Now, there's a few options that can happen now. One is that the farmer can just give up. He can sell his land to a uh, developer, and that developer can build condos or houses or whatever. The second option is that the farmer could just go bankrupt, just give up, just just wallow in depression and misery and just say, no more squashes for me, and that would be it. The third option, and this is my favorite option, is the farmer could innovate. The farmer could say, I can't afford to pay these workers this amount of money because it increases the cost so much that the consumer won't buy the squash. So, right now, there are MIT students who are trying to make farm equipment that can automatically harvest crops. So, let's say the farmer goes out and buys that, gets that equipment, and it's implemented in the field, and the farmer then amortizes the cost of the machinery over the lifespan of the machinery and then works that into the cost of the squash every year. Now, the squash is down in a, into a competitive price for squashes. And the farmer continues. But here's the catch. Here's the, the thing. Is that now there's a new sector. Because farmers are now investing in what those MIT students are doing. Which then gives the MIT students a domestic market. Then they take the capital that they've earned from the domestic market. And then they get an, invest, an investor so that they can expand internationally. Now because they've invented something, they hold the patents, they can control where it's made. And that means more jobs can be in America. See, that's what I don't understand. It's actually, having illegals in your country is actually a detriment to the innovation and automation of a country. I know people mean well, but it's just mentally deficient, I think.